Over 30 years of serving the Arizona homeowner. 13 years in a row ranking Arizona's best referral network. RosieOnTheHouse.com Protecting you, informing you, and educating you. It's Rosie on the House. Wow. What a beautiful morning. Driving into the studio this morning, Jennifer and I were coming down the 51, the cloud cover. As you come through that little Shea Boulevard Pass and down into Glendale and Northern, the cloud cover was everywhere except one place. There was a beam of sunlight hitting the peak of Piestawa Peak. Man, it was gorgeous. Then you round the corner, and all of South Mountain was lit up. What a beautiful day. Now, I've got a question for you Arizona homeowners that have been here for a while. Jennifer made a comment as we came through the pass there on the 51. There's just something different about the light once the heat breaks. And is it something different about the light? I think it may be internal. It's something about my attitude. It just looks better because you know you're going to be more comfortable. Summer's over. I think um, I've told people for a uh, 100 years, it never cools off in the Valley of the Sun until Halloween. I think we're getting an earlier than normal cool off. This is absolutely gorgeous. I love it. I'm going to be planting my winter garden this afternoon. If you're trying to tackle something, about your house, home, castle, or cabin, this is the perfect time to call us at one 767 4348 And let's talk about it. This You've been waiting all summer for this weather to get that project done. And we talked last week about planning, preparation, and the precautions of starting a DIY project. What we didn't talk about was the fourth P, procrastination. Come on now. It's the holidays coming up. You've got something you want to get done. Let's jump on it and get it done. You can call us, use our experience of building and remodeling here in Arizona for the last 48 years as a guidepost as to what you could try, how you can get it done. Regardless where you're listening to us, uh, we've been there. Uh, Been in Arizona since 1967. There isn't a dirt road in this state I haven't had my F-250 on. I promise you that. Try and stump me. If you're trying to get something done at your house, home, castle, or cabin, I've been in the area. I've probably tried doing the exact same thing a time or two, or I know somebody who has. So give me a ring and let me see if I can't help you out. We're talking about do-it-yourself projects a lot this month in anticipation of the holiday season, little projects you may want to try and get knocked out. And like I say, last week we talked about planning, preparation, and precaution. Let's put procrastination behind us. Let's dive in and get started. And I wanted to talk a little bit today about the hybrid projects. And what I mean by a hybrid project is you you took to heart the article we wrote last week of the three P's of a DIY project and you've assessed that you know there are parts of this job I'm gonna need a pro I'm gonna need a journeyman in that particular trade to finish that 
aspect of the job. Or you've made what I would consider the mistake of finding a particular product on sale, today and today only, blue light special. You've bought it, and now you're trying to find somebody to install it. <clears throat> How many times do you get that question, Jennifer? <clears throat> a lot, and I don't like getting it because I know that they're not going to like the answer. <laughs> once, once somebody has bought their own maybe plumbing fixtures or tile or even carpet, whatever, generally it's hard to find somebody who will, a licensed contractor who will come out and put it in. I'd like to, I'd like for the sake of the homeowners to explain why, okay? Sit down, pour yourself a cup of coffee, and let me tell you why that's hard to do. In the field of remodeling, invariably how the company gets started is you have a person in the trades that probably gets laid off. And to fill the gap, the income gap, before they find their next job, they tackle a do-it-yourself project for family members, a handyman project for close friends. And that's probably the first seven or eight jobs they do. And if they can survive those seven or eight jobs doing it for friends and family who all want it done for next to free, uh, that's a good indication we probably have a successful entrepreneur on our hands. And as he, as, as he or she becomes successful, the first thing they have to do is start hiring people and help to get more than one job done at a time. And it's at that time the tradesperson is identifying a rhythm to their work, a, a protocol. Uh, they're, they're getting their momentum going. And they find out that some things work and some things don't work. And I'm going to tell you about my experience going from the, from the tool belt to the boardroom. I got to the point where I survived the family and friends uh, over the first year, two years, just barely, but we did. Uh, and it, came, it became apparent to me that I didn't want to do jobs that the homeowners wouldn't trust me to control the whole job. It was horrible for me to do a work for a friend who had an electrician that owed him a favor. So he wanted me to use an electrician to collect on the favor. And the man, the crew was never around. They were filthy slobs. The work had to be done over two or three times. And it cost me an amount of aggravation that I decided was never worth it again. So some of you will call us and say, we've bought this tile on clearance sale, and we're wondering if someone in your firm can come lay it. We, we will say no, we won't. We like to control everything. We like to be able to warranty and buy everything. And the deal you made is probably about equivalent to how we could have bought it with our wholesale relationship in the first place. So I don't like coming into a job where part of the products have already been bought. I will do this. I will consult with you on a kitchen remodel. Uh, say a client wants to spend $80,000 on appliances. And you think, who does that? I'll tell you a lot of people do. 
we will consult with you on which appliances fit, which ones are ordered, which ones can get delivered in the time that we have to get your job done. And then we're in control of the entire thing from the very, very beginning. And many times we'll grant our client the privilege of, look, you buy it at our discount through our wholesaler and pay them direct and and we will schedule the delivery date. So that's about as far as we go for separating because it's very easy at that point for the homeowner to understand for appliance warranty, I call the appliance distributor. For everything else, I call Rosie. So these hybrid jobs where you're going to do some of the work yourself and you're going to hire some of the work done, you're going to have a very hard time finding that trade professional that wants to come in and compromise their rhythm, their momentum, their professional protocol, and do you essentially what what is perceived as a favor, okay? That, I didn't mean to interrupt your oh, okay. train of thought. I did, and I didn't want to stop you from joining in. Well, that, the favor thing, I never really got that. You know, you expect some, you know, you're talking about getting through your friends and family who all want it done for free. Because you're, you're out of work. Cause what, what, Remember? Well, what kind of friend or family are you if you want me to do the work for free? I mean, don't you want your friends and family to be successful? I'm not saying. On, on other needs, people. You want them to be successful on other, other people. people. <laughs> but, but why not, you know, that that mentality to me is always just, it, it's bothered me. You know? <laughs> I'm not saying you need to put it kids through college on one job but so let me why expecting a friend to go out of his way to do something for free for you on your home i mean what what do you do that you're going to go do for free for him well that that's all up for conversation for sure so if you're going to try and tackle this project in doing let's say you're going to do half the work and you're going to recruit tradespeople to do the other half of the work I would tell you don't start the project till you get those other people identified and selected and plugged into the schedule and let them know what the entire scope of work is going to be. Put in the same amount of planning that you would do if you were going to a full-service general contractor to get it done. And I'm, I want to cover a little bit, but I'm going to do it after the break. People will say, well, I don't want to pay the general contractor that 35, 33% fee that he's going to charge me for supervision and insurance and overhead and profit. I can do it for less than that. I'm going to tell you why you can't when we get back. I'm a fool to do your dirty work. Oh, yeah. I don't want to do your dirty work no more. Right here at Rosie on the House. Talking about do-it-yourself projects and those that you are going to tackle yourself. And in particular today, we're talking about the ones that you're going to tackle yourself, but you're going to need some professional help in a couple areas. It's a little bit beyond your experience level, a little bit beyond your tool inventory, and you're going to have to reach out. 
a lot of times people pursue this, one, because they just love working and creating with their hands, and I, I would never discourage you from doing that. The other reason a lot of people do it is they say, well, I'm going to save the general contractor's fee by being my own general contractor. Well, the first thing I would have to ask you is what do you value your time at? You're going to be taking all the phone calls from the subcontractors that have a question. Did you pass that inspection? Do we have a green tag? Is the job ready for me? Um, uh, how about subcontractors who I, I, we, we knew many, many years ago, uh, a drywaller who at, in the course of about eight months lost seven of his grandparents. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't doing work. He wasn't doing work for us after that. You don't show up on time. You don't finish on time. You don't work for us. General contractors, if they are doing their part for being a fair member of the remodeling team. I have subcontractors I've done work with for 40 years, okay? And if I'm going to give them 10, 20, or 30% of their annual business, and they know every time we call them, the job is going to be ready. They know every time we call them, the products are going to be waiting for them on the job. They know every time we expect them on a job, it's going to be ready, it's going to be clean, and they'll be able to get to work. They don't have to show up and ask anybody seven or eight or nine or ten questions or sweep up things to get them out of the way to get to work. If I have a relationship like that with a subcontractor that we've spent 30 or 40 years polishing our customer relations etiquette and our job performance standards, I'm buying from that person, from that tradesperson, better than you will ever buy from them. I'm representing a significant amount of their business every year. And they know every time I write them a check, every time they submit a bill to me, the ink on the bill isn't dry before they get a check. And that my checks never bounce. I'm buying from that guy or that gal for a lot less than you're going to buy from. That's one of the ways I earn my 30 to 35% fee. The other way I earn it is by training them and letting them train me on how we can be more efficient, get the job done quicker. You're not going to, you, the homeowner, don't have to take the phone calls about delays on other jobs that are causing them to be two days late getting to your job, that then you have to call every other sub down line. The electrician is hung up on this particular job. He can't get to your job. So now you have to call the installation contractor. Now you have to call the drywaller. Now you have to call the tile contractor. Now you have to call a cabinet installer. Now you have to call everybody and tell them, well, we're, we're getting pushed back a couple days, so readjust your schedule. We take care of all that. We take care of all the quality inspections. We take care of the relationships with the city inspection department. So depending on what you value your time and depending on how much you value the reduction of aggravation, if you're dealing with the right general contractor, they are almost paying for their fee in their expertise and their buying leverage. So consider that before you opt to jump in and tackle one yourself. Just the permitting part is... It, 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 
since COVID, it, you, you'll pull your hair out. Oh, I when everybody was working from home, it was. Uh, I, I you see this ball spot right. <laughs> I'm not saying anything uh, bad, but not every uh, permit reviewer at each municipality um, is created equal. Well, and then when they're working from home and you can't reach them, you can't ask them, what's the status? How are we? Are we redlined yet? We have second submittal. It, it was, oh, man. <clears throat> well, when I, there was a time where I used to do the permit pulling for the yes. company. Yes, there was. <clears throat> and you got to the point where you would know, based on which city you were going to, which person you wanted based on how well they knew their job. I mean, Amen. You, you could get a permit reviewer that, you know, I don't know what their qualifications for hiring were, but sometimes you, you, you think it was just breathing because, you know, you're, you're explaining to them how to do their job and they don't have a clue what they're doing. So one very specific one, there was one guy that was really good and everyone else was bad. So if I got through the line and it was my turn and his desk wasn't open, I would just go back and get in line again and wait and just keep doing that until it was, I got it was the one inspector because I knew it was going to save me time in the long run because I'm, I'm going to end up with a bunch of red lines because they don't have any idea what they're doing. They don't know what they're looking at. And with all of this said, if you want to tackle a job like that, that's why we have Rosie on the House radio show. That's why we have the Rosie on the House website and the referral directory so that you can Maybe try and find somebody to help you out. There are consultants. Uh, many home inspectors um, will make an arrangement for you to inspect the job periodically through the process and guide you and consult with you. That might be one very good option. So do-it-yourself projects. We're talking about the hybrid project. But before we break, I want to talk real quick about a proclamation Governor Ducey signed just this past week. It is a proclamation I've talked about women and, and young people getting involved in the construction trades. It's the Careers in the Construction Science Technology Professions Month. Woo. Declared by the state of Arizona for October. Signed by Governor Ducey. It is a career in construction science technology. We don't build them like we used to. You got to know a lot. It's very interesting. You'll love the career. Nine o'clock hour, our on the house hour. We spend the hour talking about something on your home, castle, or cabin. And in the month of October, we're talking about projects you can do yourself on your home. And we talked last week about. Uh, getting prepared to do your own project. This week we're talking about the fun thing called permits. And one of the things that I was reading in the article, uh, and I'm not sure we really made the point, but one of the, the things, like if it, we talked about converting a living space to an extra room, well, if you don't permit that, it doesn't show up on your listing. So if you ever go to sell the home and the appraiser comes out, they – Depending on the appraiser, they may not give you credit for a three-bedroom home. It may only show up as a two-bedroom home. So, you know, that, that's just one of the additional reasons to take the extra time to do the project right, get it permitted, 
Um, and it doesn't, you're like, well, why would I need a permit to close in uh, a living room and put a, put a wall up? Well, when you open, you know, there's certain codes. When you open a door, you have to have a light switch on each side. So when you're running electrical, you have to have a uh, permit, anything electrical. Um, and then not only the light switch, but the outlets in the wall, they have to be a certain 18 inches and every so often spaced out. Um, if you're closing in the area, it may end up changing the air flow in your home. So you may have to do some ductwork tampering or add some extra supply lines or enlarge the return. There's a number of things. You're not just slapping up a wall and going unless, you know, to do it right anyway. I have a question about that as well. You know, when you think about uh, the value of having a permit and you're going to sell your home, do you, in full di- disclosure, do you have to say what's been permitted and not? Supposed to. And and actually, um, that's one of the rosy protocols for buying a house is not only do a home inspection. Uh, I would tell everyone, get to the building department and verify, have any permits been pulled on this house? The records will be there. And then when the... And, and I started teaching this during the uh, um, housing crisis of 08, 9, 10, and 11, where people were buying homes for pennies on a dollar, uh, putting lipstick on the pig and painting it for a profit. None of it was permitted. None of it was done by licensed contractors. Um, so I wouldn't buy a house without going to the permit department and saying, I'd like to see every permit that was ever pulled here. And then hire an experienced eye. To say, okay, what is on this house that's not original? It always amazes me how you know right away, and I don't see oh. it, but you know what you're looking for. And what heartache, honestly, we've seen from people who buy a home, don't know it, and then had big plans, but because things weren't done correctly, they get stalled out with the permit process. So it is yeah. worth doing. And and I would tell you that when you look at the statement of what the seller's saying they do or don't know about the existing house, take that document with extreme skepticism for your own protection it and when i say extreme i mean super extreme okay let's see if we can take the call i believe we have someone calling up uh up north you have a pie county good morning good morning i have an issue and it is my um house that we just recently purchased we added five foot on the front and the porch needed to be replaced at that time. The contractor said it was two pads of front porch, and he worried that the extending patio area that I sent you pictures of um, has sunk because uh, we have, whenever it rains about a half inch, we get about an inch to an inch and a half of lake. So we're thinking about naming the lake after oh, our wait. house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, he, I said, well, could we put pavers, just put pavers? And he said he didn't think that would be thick enough. And I said, what are we supposed to do, tear the whole thing out and put a new one in? I don't know. I thought I'd call you. Well, Miss Susan, uh, uh, with this work you're getting done, um, is your relationship with the contractor still really good? Yes, very good. Okay. All right. Well, when it comes to grading and drainage, it can be a very, very tricky issue. But um, but pavers, uh, are they're kind of counterintuitive. 
people say, well, let's put pavers in because the water will leak through the cracks and disappear. They won't. Pavers retain over 90% of the surface water on the surface unless you specifically install permeable pavers, which takes a whole new process. We have to over-excavate a little farther. We have to, dr- we have to build drainage, uh, leach aggregate below it. Then we put the sand. Then we put the pavers. They're left with small gaps, and then the sand is brushed in between that. So they make permeable pavers to do just this. But a typical standard paver job will not. They will shed the water and store the water just as if it was concrete. So know that. And when Rosie was talking about over-excavating, it's like eight inches that you uh, have you, to yeah, dig out. Yeah. I mean, you got to move a ton of dirt. You do. And then bring in a ton of uh, rock and ABC. And there's a, you know, each manufacturer has its own recommendations, but you got to bring a lot of dirt and a lot of ABC that, that will allow the water to penetrate through. And, and Miss Susan, is this water ponding like on that little front stoop right at the front door? Yes. Okay. No, not at the front, not at the front door, just on that big patio, concrete patio that goes all the way out to the driveway. And my question was, can you put pavers on top of that, on top of that cement? Yeah, they do. They make an over they make an overlay paver. They sure do. But he's going to have to float that low spot out. We, and, and when you have a pond in the middle of a concrete slab, uh, Susan, we call that a bird bath, okay? He's going to have to identify the area of the bird bath and float in a uh, self-leveling topping and get rid of that. Then he can put an overlay paver. They make them thinner, and they're made specifically for this, putting on top of existing concrete. So, yes, that is an option. But if he just lays it right on top of the existing slab without taking the bird bath out, it's going to do exactly the same thing right on top of the pavers. Uh-huh. Are there okay. gutters on the home? There are, but they're, they are off right now due to the, uh, the add-on construction. But we had that before the gutters got pulled off. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would just make it perfectly clear, since your relationship with a contractor is good, is, um, uh, uh, listen, buddy, we're not going to accept birdbath ponding on our patios. It, we're just not going to accept it. So you tell us how it's going to get fixed. And overlay pavers would certainly be an acceptable option at my house. I love overlay pavers. Okay, good. All good. right, dear? Great. Thank you. Hey, well, thank you for the call, and congratulations on the new home in beautiful Yavapai County. I think we'll just stay on the phone's calls here, buddy. They're loading up. Let's see if we can go to Wally calling from Mesa here in the Valley. Good morning, Wally. Good morning, guys. been listening to you. I've been a snowbird with my dad for 17 years, and I just retired and moved down here to take care of him. He's 92. He's doing great. You God. guys are freaking God. awesome. God. I love listening to you guys. Well, golly, Wally, okay, th- so- thank you for the kind words. Let me ask you, as a snowbird, where's where's the other part-time residence? Chicago. Done. Gone. Sold. We, and we just had a daughter and son-in-law and three grandchildren move to Medina. 
Suckers. Oh man, oh man, man. Jennifer Jennifer's been there. I haven't yet. <laughs> they just moved there last oh, month. Anyway, Wally, how can we help you? Don't ever go there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You got El Capone and snow. You don't need that. Oh okay. boy. Anyway, I'm down at Sunland Village East. Okay. I'm sure you know where that's at. Yes, right? sir. Yes, sir. Uh it's a slab, eleven hundred square foot home. Water comes in from the street, goes into the house, jumps up, and it goes into the house. And I got a valve for the main. Then I got a valve that runs all the uh, sprinklers for the, you know, the the, the landscape and all okay. that. Okay. Right. And I want to put in the whole house filter. Okay. As far as I can see, now I've been in construction for 40 years. Okay. Commercial wise, the pipes go underneath the slab, obviously. And yep. I think they're post tension. And they jump up in the, you know, the bathrooms, the kitchens, whatever. And the next time I see a copper pipe is in the garage where it feeds into the hot water heater. Where in the heck would you put in a whole house water system? How would you do it? Well, it's actually, uh, I won't say it's easy, but it's done all the time. What what year was this the? Had it done. That's what, that's what I'm curious. Is it is this a Robeson home? Uh, no, it's a Farnsworth home. Farnsworth, okay. All right. And what vintage is it, Wally? 85. Okay. Um, what we're going to have to do is go to where the water comes into the house, right there at the entrance manifold. And we're going to have to pipe to wherever you want the water treatment equipment put in. We're going to have to put in our own water softener loop. But it's done all the time. It's a little okay, bit. So you got to open up a wall then, right? Well, you, depending on where you want this equipment placed, a lot of times we trench around the outside of the house to get back to like oh, a okay. to, to get back to a mechanical closet or some area we're going to mount the equipment. If we have to get into the garage, then yeah, we probably have to do a little saw cut in the slab. And if it's post tension, we can still saw cut, but we have to take uh, some extra. Uh, precautionary measures to do that, but but you can get a whole house water treatment system at your post tension 1985 home that does not have a water softener loop. Yes, that can be done. Now, you've been listening to us for a long time. You need to know there are only two Rosie certified water treatment companies in all of Maricopa County. So go to the website and pick one or pick both. Have them both out and have them visit with you. There is a lot of horrible bad misleading information in the water treatment industry absolutely like i said i've been in this for 40 years i know the, i know the horror stories okay one other quick question i'll let you go so i can listen okay <clears throat> what's the deal with the solar stuff i'm down here i kind of just paid attention to it a little bit here a little bit there but now that i'm here full time everything on the internet free solar panels the government's going to pay for it blah 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 this and that. what's the real deal on solar panels and What's the deal? I mean, I, where do wow. I find out the truth? <laughs> wow. Okay, Wally, um, you you have you have you have just taken the Titanic and hit an iceberg right there, buddy. Uh, we are in the middle of a major investigative journalistic endeavor. Uh, I told you there was a lot of bad, misleading information about the water treatment industry. There is just as much bad, misleading, unscrupulous crooked solar advertising and industry tactics and habits that we're about ready to expose. The only reason we haven't at this point so far as we know it probably 
could cost us our job, but we but we are compelled to do it. The government will not pay for your solar panels. It's the most misleading ad in the papers currently being published today. As it relates to government and solar, and I'm not getting political, but it was just you know one thought that I had when I was reading. Uh, you know, they've got this green new energy deal that um, is, I, I think, not a good idea. And it was a reason to then go solar. So then when they start having these more rolling blackouts and we turn into California, you've at least got solar on your home. So you're a little bit more resilient to, you know, the grid they're destroying. And you raise the tax rebates and refunds back up. More people are interested in getting involved in the industry because it becomes much more lucrative. And uh, There is so much bad business, misleading business, and outright crooked business going on in the solar industry right now. I am fired up about what we're what we're about ready to do. But the last time we took on somebody like this, um, we were threatened to be sued. We were thre- we we were told we were slandering the entire industry. Well, when it happened about eight years ago, that person folded his tent, left Arizona, and Arizona homeowners are much safer for it. And and again, we do have. Referred partners, certified we, partners that we, we trust in we, that area. We do have trusted solar partners, but it's just a couple in the whole state of all of them that are out there. We've only found a couple you can trust. You go to rosieonthehouse.com, put in your area that you live, select solar, and depending on where you live, you know, you'll see Fox Valley Solar and Electric. You'll see uh, Sun Valley Solar Solutions, both great solar guys that have been with us. And a lot of these solar guys, at least our partners, do a lot more than just solar now. They have a lot of integration with backup batteries and yeah. uh, generators as well. I got the opportunity to see uh, an install Fox Valley Solar did where they had the solar panels and they had all these a number of batteries in the garage and then a propane generator that was fueled by a 200-gallon propane tank. And... Power your house four different ways. Yeah, the, the, the regular grid, then you've got the solar, the battery, and the generator. And what the battery and generator do with solar, they all talk to each other. So if the house goes down and it's a bright, sunny Arizona day, well, the solar panels are running 98% of your home, and the batteries maybe kick in 2%. Well, when the sun goes down, then the batteries take over for a certain amount of time, or certain circuits, and then the gas generator takes over these other circuits, and then um, when the sun comes back out, it may still be running off of your natural gas because the solar panels are recharging the batteries, and when the batteries are full, the solar panels take back over. So it's, you know, it, it becomes very sophisticated. It's intriguing to say systems. the least. Yes. So it's, it's it's good to know you have that sense of independence. Just you know, just, you know yeah, oh, uh, I live on my own power island right here. <laughs> and we're on APS, and I couldn't tell you the last time we had a power outage, but this summer we've had like five, and, and none of them have lasted very long. But um, I called the Randy. I'm like, 
did you even know there's a power outage? He said, nope. <laughs> <laughs> he, he said, I, I had to walk out to the garage and look at the batteries and the, the smart panel just to verify that, you know, my system had backed you know, where my power is coming from because like, I didn't notice. It's just something manly about being on your own power island. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been on about 20 minutes. Uh, yeah. Oh, man, oh, man. All right. The other oh, no. thing we wanted to talk about, I, I really would like you to touch on this because it's a um, – my doctors say, Rosie, we got to get your blood pressure down. I said, well, you just take all the crooks out of the solar industry and the water treatment industry, and my blood pressure will go down. This is another one that gets my blood pressure going right here. I got a renewal in the mail for my home warranty with a renewal voucher for $200, well, $199 to be specific. And the voucher's check form. Looks like you can sign it, take it to the bank, and cash it problem is i don't have a home warranty very good very good catch romy <laughs> so how much are they making off of you if they're willing to just send you 200 bucks to sign up and but why don't we like warranties tell well tell exactly folks. that you're you're constantly paying and uh, waiting for something to break it's like another form of insurance and then on top of that through the home warranty you can only use their guys, that's and many the of that's, their guys—that's the problem—are trained salesmen. They're not trained repairmen. They're making their money off of commissions. So their goal when they show up at your home, in many cases, um, is just to, you know, find everything broken that they can that may not be broken and sell you a bunch of stuff you don't need. Where you could just go back to your whoever's got your homeowner's insurance and ask for an additional equipment breakage coverage. And they only add a few extra bucks, you know. For it's your, so cheap. It, it, a get, lot. it gets you the same coverage, and you get to pick who does the work. Right. What does that cover, do you know? Like for your roof and... It's specific. Yeah. I mean, you, have, you have to tell them what you want covered. Okay. You, you, you can't just say equipment breakage coverage, and it covers everything. And, you know, are we adding the air conditioning? How old is it? Are we adding the media center and electronics? Are we adding appliances in the kitchen are we adding i don't think it goes to building materials it's equipment you know mechanical is, yeah items. The expensive stuff i do have friends who've i've heard say mechanical they were so thankful they had it they had the home warranty so rosie asked me from now on ask them who they like so if you have one you think is really good you can text us that at 411923 and we'll look at it um and you, know, you can't just you, look at it how yeah. much did you spend over the course of your home warranty and what item did you get fixed and did you come out ahead you can't just say, I called them, they came out, they fixed it, it was great. Okay, well, how much did that cost? Compared to what you spent on the other. Yeah. My my next door app blew up last week when somebody wanted to know who should I get for home warranty. It blew up. No one was recommended. They all, 